Thank you for listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. A message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. Hebrews 3, 14. It says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion, for who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. He gives us a statement here about coming out of Egypt. Was it not all who came out of Egypt 74 times in your Bible, depending on which translation you've got, but 74 times from Genesis to Revelation does God use the words out of Egypt? Egypt always has been since the beginning of time, even till today, and I don't see it changing anytime soon, has always been synonymous with bondage and sin. Out of your bondage and out of your sin. Exodus chapter 3, verse 17 said, The Lord said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt, up out of the affliction of your bondage, up out of the affliction of your sin. God wants to bring us out of this place. God is our healer. God is our comforter. God is our guide. And when we begin to acknowledge God as more than just a saving grace, and I'm not trying to make that little, I'm not trying to say that His salvation is not enough. His salvation is the greatest gift we could ever have. But He has so much more. We need to understand that God desires to bring us out of our affliction. He desires us to be set free from those things that bind us. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. If we are confident and steadfast as partakers of Christ. If we are not moved by the things of this world. If we hold confidently to the Word of God, we will be partakers of the, and children of God, partakers of His promises. Matthew 10 goes on. John says it this way. He said, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Ghost? Amen. I mean, we think we give good gifts, but man, He gives us the ultimate gifts. There are some things that I have become partakers of. There, there are some things that I have. Uh, when I think about it this way, you can put it in a natural setting. Do you understand that God has things that are special to Him? You are one of those. But He has promises for us. Promises of healing. Promises of deliverance. Promises of freedom. Promises of the Holy Spirit. Promises of an inheritance in heaven. A great reward. But in order for us to receive these promises... We need, to, we need to begin to follow His Word. We need to begin to seek after Him. We need to understand some of these things that He's calling us to do. Romans 12.2 says it this way, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove 
What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You can show up to church every Sunday. You can show up to church every Wednesday. You can show up to every Bible school and every Sunday school and everything else. But if you're not proving it, are you really learning it? But if we never prove, if we never get our mind transformed to these things, we're never going to walk out. We're never going to prove what we have learned. People will look at us all the time and, and you're just constantly going into church and you're constantly coming out and you constantly got the same bad attitude, the same bad habits, and the same afflictions. But God says, that is not the life that I have for you. Come out of Egypt. Come out of your affliction. In Exodus, the children of Israel were in bondage. I mean, go back and read the story of all that they were under. They were under affliction to Pharaoh and the people of Egypt. They turned their face toward heaven and they called out to God And God sent a deliverer, a man by the name of Moses, to bring them out of their affliction. But just like so many of us, man, we get in our mess. I didn't listen to God about my spending habits. I didn't listen to God about what not to eat. I didn't listen to God about how to how to do certain things and take care of certain things. So when I get uh, grossly overweight, or if I get sick, or if I if my car breaks down, or if I don't have any money in the bank, or if I get addicted to drugs, or I get addicted to alcohol, then I'll cry out to God, God spare me. And God will send a deliverer. He'll put someone in your life. They'll minister to you. They'll tell you about Jesus. They'll try to help bring you out. And you'll get out for a season and you'll start trying to do good things. Usually it's long about January. We say, I'm going on this diet plan. I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start exercising. Come February on eBay, you can find treadmills at a deep, deep discount. Because they've done forgot the bondage that they were in in December. And that's how some of us work. Oh, I'm, I'm facing legal charges? You mean they're going to take my kids away? I mean, you, you mean i got to do probation and pay all these fines because of my drug? Oh, God, send me a deliverer! Right. But then as soon as the, the judge says, well, we'll drop the charges and we'll, we'll cancel the probation and, and now you can be free and do what you want to, oh, good! I have forgotten my affliction and I'll go back to my same old way of living. See, that's how the children of Israel were. You mean we gotta, now I gotta cut my own hay and I've gotta, I've gotta make these bricks and I gotta stomp all this and I gotta do all these things that Pharaoh's asking me to do and I'm under this affliction and I'm under this bondage. God send us a deliverer. The deliverer comes and he starts taking them out. Then they get to the, to the Red, the, the Red Sea and he says, wait a minute. We mean, we're gonna die right here? We'd been better off in Egypt. And then the river opens, they walk through, he kills all the Egyptians, they get over to the other side, and then they start complaining about the food. And then he gives them some manna. Come on, I mean, it's just one after another, they're constantly complaining. God sent us a deliverer, and God sends them to deliver. Well, I don't like the way he dresses. I don't like him. Mean, he's, he's asking me to do some things I just I don't want to do. Yeah, but you didn't like doing the things that you were doing. See, God wants us to come out of our affliction. He wants us to make some better choices in our life. He tells us, He says, I don't want you to be hard-hearted. I don't want you to be stiff-necked. I don't want you to be in rebellion. That's that's what we're living in, is we're living in a society of rebellion. Hebrews 3.15 says, While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, and do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. The Bible says if you hear His voice, God wants us to hear His voice through His Word, God wants us to hear His voice through ministers. God wants us to hear His voice through the Holy Spirit. He wants us to quit complaining and start listening. Oh, preacher, now you're meddling. Start listening to His Word. Start proving His Word and quit complaining. I don't know if you know this or not, but gossip is a sin. 
When you complain and you gossip and you talk about others and you run other people down and you want to talk about their problems, don't you understand that you've got some problems of your own? Maybe we need to encourage one another, lift one another up and help one another instead of talking about one another. Because then we get into rebellion and our heart gets hard. God wants us to listen to what He's trying to tell us. Hebrews 3.8 says, Do not harden your hearts as in rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Now, here you go. For you note-takers and you people that got to understand some things, let me tell you what a trial is. Now, this is according to the Bible Dictionary. Trial. A trial of man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, the enticement to sin, temptation, whether arising from the desire of, from the outward circumstances, the condition of things or a mental state by which we are enticed to sin or to lapse from the faith of holiness. Adversity, affliction, trouble. Sent by God serving to test or to prove one's character, faith, and holiness. Did everybody get that? I mean, I could pull out just a couple of these things. Whether arising from the desires from outward circumstances. Now, there's some things that have outward circumstances I had no control over that have become trials in my life. Some condition of things, maybe a mental state. You've went through some things. Somebody, you've lost a loved one. You've, you've had some, some things come up. Maybe you lost a job. Some things mentally that begin to afflict you. Those become trials in our life. There are things that can entice us to sin and to gossip. And so he says right here, he says, do not harden your hearts in the day of trial in your wilderness. Listen, I've been through trial. I've been through affliction. Just because I'm a Christian, just because I'm a minister, just because I run teen challenges does not mean that I don't understand trial and affliction. But this is the deal. I study this Word daily. I preach this Word weekly. I teach these ladies every single day. I know a better way. I know a better way to get you through your trial and your affliction instead of being caught up in the bondage of your Egypt, of your sin. The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 15.23, says, For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Man, you need to find that in your Bible. 1 Samuel 15.23, highlight it, underline it, circle it, write it on a 3 by 5 card and use it for a placeholder in your Bible so that every time you want to get into a pity party, every time you want to get into a gossip session, every time understand what he says here. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. How many of you have been in rebellion? Bunch of witches. <laughs> right? Rebellion is the same as witchcraft. We think witchcraft is wrong, but we want to rebel against God. We want to rebel against God's Word. We want to rebel against the men of God. But he says rebellion is the same as witchcraft. The children of Israel wanted out of Egypt. They wanted out of their affliction. They wanted out of their bondage. And when Moses got them out of their bondage, then they started rebelling and they started saying, hey, listen, we would just as soon go back over there. You're making this too hard. I'm offering you a promised land. I'm offering you land. I'm offering you a, a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm offering you the promises of God. But you're not. He's not just going to give it to you. In order for me to have nice things, in order for me to take care of those things, I've got to work for those things to get a paycheck. But if you want to just hand it to you and then you want to abuse it, that's called rebellion. And the children of Israel were in rebellion. They were walking around the desert for 40 years complaining and grumbling 
Their sandals weren't wearing out. Their garments weren't wearing out. They weren't hungry. They weren't thirsty. But boy, they had to work for it and they just wanted to rebel. I'm sure Moses looked at all of them and said, you, you bunch of witches. See, think about it. Think about all the things in the areas in our life today that we become, we get, you know, trials or whatever, and we get into this rebellion state. Hebrews 3.16 says, For who having heard rebelled, indeed was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses. Now understand this. Moses is a type and shadow of Jesus. Moses is a type and shadow of Jesus. Moses was the deliverer that God sent to bring the children of Israel out of bondage. Jesus is the one that God sent to be our deliverer to bring us out of our bondage. Amen. Okay? Moses delivered the children of Israel out of their bondage. Jesus wants to bring you out of your bondage. As I mentioned when I first started this, you need to understand, Egypt is and always has been, even to this day, since the beginning of time, associated with sin and bondage. It's not changed. Now I'm going to show you something. i got a bunch of names right here. I'm going to go through a couple of these just for the sake of time. Obel. We're talking Old Testament four or 5,000 years ago. Obel. Today is Yemen. Ammon. Today is Jordan. Aram. Today is Syria. Canaan. Today is Lebanon. Gomer. Today is the Ukraine. Magog, today is Russia. Philistia, today is Palestine. Sinitus, today is China. Tubal, today is Turkey. And I got a whole other list. Egypt, today is Egypt. Sin, today is sin. There's no level of sin. Yeah, but, I mean, she did drugs. Well, you watch pornography. Yeah, well, 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 she drank alcohol. Well, yeah, but you stole something. Yeah, but she... Yeah, but you... And we can play this game all day long, but sin is sin. And it has not changed. See, that's the problem with our society today. Is Our society is trying to say, yeah, I know it was sin then, but it's not sin now. Homosexuality was sin today, or then, but it's not today. Yes, it is. The Bible has not changed. Homosexuality is sin. Well, adultery, sin then, sin today. Fornication was sin then, is sin today. Lying was sin then, is sin today. Rebellion was sin then, is sin today. Are y'all with me? God wants you out of your Egypt. I don't know what your Egypt looks like. I don't know what your Egypt is. Is your Egypt, I watch too much television? Is your Egypt, well, I spend too much time uh, reading love novels? Is your Egypt, I eat too much? Is your Egypt, uh, you know, what, what is your Egypt? I shop too much? What is your Egypt? God says, I have come, I have sent you a deliverer Amen. to bring you out of your affliction and your bondage. Well, preacher, you, you really, you, you can't compare how much time I watch the television to the affliction of drug addiction. Really? I mean, think about the unproductive time that you spend. Now, I'm, now listen, I like my TV. My wife's going to she's starting to laugh hard. You know, one thing I, I just I struggle with more than anything else is I'll bring something up three weeks from now, four weeks from now, two months from now, I'm going to bring something up. My wife's going to say, you know, I heard this preacher one time saying, I'm like, Sometimes I just wish I wouldn't preach those things, or at least I wish I wouldn't bring her with me when I preach those things. <laughs> I mean, I, I like telling, but there's 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 a there's a balance. 
I mean, if I spent eight to ten hours a day watching television instead of working, that's bondage. Preacher, you're meddling this morning. No, I'm trying to get you to understand God's got a better way for you. God has a better way for you to live. You've got to understand what it is He wants you to do. Verse 17 says, Now with whom He was angry forty years was not those who sinned whose corpses fell in the wilderness. For forty years, He was trying to get them to surrender all to Him. As you guys talked about in Sunday school, if we would just get to the place and we would acknowledge that He is Lord of lords, He is King of kings, He is the one true God, He rules and reigns in my life. If I would get to that point and I would make Him first and foremost in everything that I do, and I would understand that His promises for me are the best things that I could ever have in my life, if I would get that down, how much better of a person would I be? How much better of a life would I have? But, but you know, we, we want to try to do things our way in our strength and try to do those things. For 40 years, He was trying to get them into the promised land. But they wanted to stay in rebellion and they wanted to keep on complaining. So many of them died. A whole generation died in the middle of Egypt. In the last 45 years, okay, 40 God's talking right here. The Hebrew, writer of Hebrews is talking right here. He said 40 years they spent in the desert. But it all started with their grumbling and complaining when they first got to the Red Sea. 45 years ago, in 1973, this was what's going on in your nation. They legalized abortion, Roe versus Wade. It was the beginning of the gay rights movement in the United States. The IT&T building in New York City was bombed on September 11, 1973. The United States of America formed for the first time ever a drug enforcement agency. There's a lot more statistics there. But 45 years ago, these things started happening. You know what else was going on? They were getting ready to impeach President Nixon. It was all over the news. So everybody was sitting there trying to focus on what's going on in Washington, D.C. with the president because they were making it such a big thing that behind the scenes, homosexuality, abortion, taking prayer out of schools, legalizing liquor, all these things are taking place in the back. What has the devil got you so focused on that you're not seeing all the other stuff that he's trying to do in your life? Are you going to walk around in your affliction trying to justify your sin when all the time your world's crumbling down around you? Your family's crumbling down around you. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has no authority over you. He is an imitation, but He's going to try every way and every trick He can to bring you down in your affliction. We need to learn to be sober-minded. We need to learn to be vigilant. We need to be alert when it comes to the things of God. Our nation has become distracted, and that's exactly what Satan wants to take place so that he can hold us up in the bondage of homosexuality and abortion and same-sex marriage and drugs and alcohol. Overton County. I'm sure Pastor shared this with you, but over the county, you need to make sure that you get out and vote and use your right. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 2 through 4 says, I will set Egyptians against Egyptians. Everyone will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor. City against city, kingdom against kingdom. Wow, sounds like the world we live in, doesn't it? The spirit of Egypt will fail in its midst. And I will destroy their council and they will consult with idols and charmers and mediums and sorcerers. And Egyptians will give in to the land of cruel master and a fierce king will rule over them, says the Lord of hosts. He says the spirit of Egypt, 
The spirit of bondage, the spirit of affliction, the spirit of destruction will fail in its midst. Strong's concordance for the word fail means empty or lay waste to or to make void. Let me just tell you, when we begin to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, when they begin to understand who the Spirit of God is in their life, what He's doing is He's saying the spirit of Egypt is failing. The spirit of affliction is failing. The spirit of bondage is failing because the Word of God is truth. Amen. The promises of God are truth. And God will destroy the spirit of Egypt, but we got to get out of the spirit of rebellion in order for that to take place. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't study the Word. Instead, they, they, they pay more attention to CNN and listen to what they have to say or read the local paper and see what it has to say instead of picking up their Bible and see what it has to say. If we would start picking up the Bible and see what it has to say and start living our life according to this instead of Time Life magazine or the inquiring minds want to know, if we would start doing these things instead of those things, we would find ourselves in a better situation. So I want to encourage you. I really do want to encourage you. You think, preacher, you haven't been doing a great job. No, I want to encourage you. Because this is the deal. There was an element of the children of Israel that got into the promised land. Because they finally recognized and acknowledged and made Jesus, made God, Yahweh, Lord of their life, they finally acknowledged and made God the one true God in their life and tore down all the idols and did what He said. Man, the work became so easy that all they did was walk around the city for seven times and never opened their mouth and the walls fell. Giants in the land were defeated. They began to build cities. They began to build walls. They began to build kingdoms because they finally made God Lord of all. But it took 40 years in rebellion. Church, I don't believe we got 40 years left. But I tell you this, we need to get to the place where we, we, we need to desire to come out of our Egypt. We need to desire to come out of our affliction. We need to desire to come out of our bondage. Every day I preach the Gospel to those that were in great bondage. And every day I see lives transformed for the glory of God. Because people are wanting to change. Constantly having a new growth experience. you got to want to desire change more than you desire the bondage that your Egypt has. you got to want freedom more than you desire the destruction and the affliction that you're living in. Do you understand? If you're born again, you are the light. You are the light in a dark world. People are looking for hope. People are looking for light. People don't need you up in their face screaming and hollering and telling them how terrible they are. What they need is someone to come alongside and say, hey, Jesus loves you. I know right now it looks like you're in the middle of your affliction in your Egypt, but let me tell you, there's a better way. There's a better way. It's time. It's time for us to come out of Egypt, to come out of our bondage, and to understand that the promises of God, the promise God has for you, a land flowing with milk and honey. It may never be the United States of America. I don't know. But I promise you this, there's a new Jerusalem. And for the child of God, you will inherit it. And I don't know about you, but I want to take as many with me as I possibly can. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, please visit teenchallengeuc.org.